gotta get, get, gotta, gotta get home. Hadn't thought it possible, but I forgot my own road. Thought I was so unstoppable. Forgot my ego. Then it toppled down like dominoes. That someone like you loves me too. And welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about <laughs> pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm sorry. My name is Marvin Yoy, and that lovely voice you just no! heard playing us in was my co-host, no! Christine Minji Chang. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I apologize. Gotcha. Joining us this week is a Boeing 747. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear that? Yeah, we can totally yeah, hear can it. Yeah, can you loud? We're recording with the windows open because it's freaking hot here in L.A., not as bad as Houston, though, where our guest is coming from, Jeff Chen, former ED of Collaboration Houston and current DJ Kid Styles. How's it going? What's up, man? Also joining us um, is returning guest, DJ Tractivist, Richie Javis. We need to get some footage of Howdy. this hat right Howdy. here. This, Sitting... this, this costuming. It's full on production here. It's not here. a costume. It's not a costume. <laughs> I'm sorry, not a costume. It's a lifestyle. No, I meant costuming and like, okay, yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's not a costume. It's culture. <laughs> It's Southern culture, man. I apologize. Just alienate half our half our. Leaders. I did not alienate. I'm learning here. Everyone's everyone's getting educated together. Californians, <laughs> along with uh, Mr. Tractivist, is Mrs. Tractivist, who is sitting right by us, but she doesn't have a mic, so she's being a silent supporter <laughs> via hat. <laughs> she's ready for any Mariah yeah. Carey parts. Just let nice, know. okay. And Richie, you too just moved to LA about a year ago from Houston, right? How long that were you in correct. Houston for? Uh, we were there for two years, mm. and we lived uh, on Buffalo Speedway. What? what? I lived on Buffalo Speedway. And, yeah. What? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I just moved last November. Really? We're, okay. Is that where I visited you, Jeff? No, no, no. You visited my new, uh, my new place, but before that, I was actually there for like four years, actually, so uh, we were neighbors. <laughs> wow. Is that next to the Ario Speedwagon? <laughs> No, only Richie got that joke. I don't know. <laughs> Texas, Houston's big. <laughs> That's all I know. It was funny because, okay, so I was in Houston, what, was it last week? Last last week? I don't, I have no sense of time right now. Yeah, you were just there for, um, I was just there. Yeah. I was there 10 days ago. And it's funny, everyone's like, oh, it's just down the road. Like, let's go eat. It's down, but that means like a 10 minute drive. In LA, if you say it's down the road, like I literally, you know, I'm I'm in, I'm in the valley. I can walk out and there are structures with food in them. Very close, like walkable distance. <laughs> but in Texas, it's like, oh, let's go down the road. Literally, Literally down the road. Yeah. And in Texas, that means like, oh, let's drive for like 10, 15 minutes. Well, I mean, to be fair, in LA, everything's 10, 15 minutes away too. So That is a lie with traffic. It's kind of how it goes. With traffic, it is not. Lies. <laughs> but welcome <laughs> to our guests. Um, this podcast is a part of the collaboration movement. Minji, what would you say the collaboration movement stands for? The collaboration movement. <laughs> I don't like that. Stop putting me on the spot. The collaboration movement is about awesome people being creative and passionate and and shaping culture. Yeah. And keeping it real. And speaking of shaping culture, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna shape we're gonna shake this up a little bit and do the collaboration updates up front. Oh um, for you guys. Got a busy month ahead of us in collaboration. We got collaboration DC coming up this Saturday. So for those of you in the DMV, uh, definitely check it out. They got Sam Ock as the uh, headlining performer and six really really great performers. Um, they they've been doing some really great promos on YouTube too. So check out their YouTube channel for um, some cool videos. Shout out to the DC family. And what's, then what's a DMV? 
DC, Maryland, Virginia. Oh. It's an easier way to say like okay. the area because um, for those of you who are geographically challenged, um, DC <laughs> is right between Maryland <laughs> and Virginia. Throwing shade at our guests. And so our. Uh, I remember, I remember hearing that for the first time. I had a friend that came down from DC. She's like, "Oh yeah, the DMV." I'm like, "You work at the DMV?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> poor thing. I was like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, yeah. Um, the following week, we have collaboration in Dallas, back in Texas, on Woo! August 14th. Um, check that out if you're in Dallas. Um, the day after that is our last. Um, talent showcase of the year at collaboration chicago and they've got a big show for you guys six finalists plus headlining is run over north hey yep. <laughs> pretty bomb folk gangsta asian need to make it up there folk band yeah gangsta no it's folk. actually it's a really momentous show because that's our 100th showcase Ooh. it's a milestone really? it's a miles yeah collab chicago and it's their 10th anniversary show <laughs> So it's yeah. yeah. Well, Chicago was was one of the first um, expansion cities uh, collaboration. Wait, yeah. Wait, what do you mean tenth anniversary? Like, like their tenth show. Really? Yeah. I thought I thought started when Mary. I thought Marion. No, Ma- that Marion was, took she, over. She re yeah. re. They took a hiatus and then Marion restarted oh. it. So they started up days ago. Marion Lee, our former oh, Chicago okay. executive director. Marion the Barbarian. And then um, <laughs> for those of you in LA. Um, Collaboration is having our first ever leadership conference, Club Empower, what, what? August 29th at the Japanese American National Museum in Little what, Tokyo. What? It's going to be a big thing. <laughs> Richie is now putting the leadership conference flyer on the rodeo. No cowboy. one can see that. This is. Yeah, bad it's entertaining radio. me, though. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop explaining things visual and also name dropping people no one knows about. <laughs> This is how they get to know them. They're getting introduced. And, um, well, one last um, update for Collaboration. Collaboration LA just um, helped produce the KYCC charity concert last Friday. Minji was a head producer on that. Awesomeness. And um, that was a really great um, um, organization. Um, They're pretty much like the YMCA of um, Koreatown, uh, servicing all the youth there. Not just Koreans, though. Like, kids from all backgrounds. Whites, blacks, Latinos, Asians. You got it all. And like, Yeah. We were able to watch some great talent. MC Jin, Timby Toad, um, Babyface came out. Babyface was the headliner. We had Chloe Flower. We had Welly and Dina Yang, who were Broadway singers. And we had Peter Chung, our Collaboration LA winner. And Minji was able to sneak past Babyface's security and get a, get a selfie with him. I so. did not. He was backstage. Oh, that, his entourage was deep. They were like, it was like roadblock after roadblock to get into him. Yeah. Like what, do, what does uh, Babyface's security look like? Are they like tough? They weren't Look, like tough security. It's like this it's short like, lady that's like super mean. That's his manager. She's was she super mean? Don't don't, don't talk don't talk bad. She was uh she's his manager and no, it was it wasn't like super it's not like he had freaking some six foot seven guy named Tiny, you know, covering around him or anything like that. It's just he had his own private suite for his dr- uh, dressing room. Walt Disney is a nice concert hall. Their backstage area is pretty plush. I'm just but, wondering, like, if, if if someone had to throw down, like, who in Babyface's camp would have done it, you know? No, we would have Marvin handle that. Oh. <laughs> well, for the kids who don't know who Babyface is. Oh, my God. You should. Who is Babyface? Educate yourself. Minji Chang, who is Babyface? No, we should be asking the DJ. We got Tractivist and we got Kid Styles up in here. 
Babyface was the seventh member of One Direction. Um, didn't quite make it. Came over to the United States. Formed a group. Philadelphia. You know. Found a time machine. Went back in time. And used the One Direction model to start a new band called Boys to Men. <laughs> and then oh rewrote history as we know it. Babyface oh worked with everybody that matters. He basically started uh, LaFace Records. So, yeah. you know, people, a lot of people on their Boys to Men, Tony Braxton. Uh, Brax, Tony Braxton was actually one of his protégés. And then his brother uh, is also in After 7. I don't know if you y'all know After 7. Oh, uh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they sound similar, kind of. Yeah, and then you know he made a string of hits in the '90s, like like a lot of hits. He was like, he's a really good writer too. Like, penned a lot of so- uh, songs for Mariah Carey and you know all those Everyone. big nights. Pretty much, he's yeah. Everyone. Every That's diva him. he worked with Barbara Streisand. He worked with Whitney Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Or was he a time traveling One Direction <laughs> member? We'll never know. <laughs> we will never know. It is all conjecture. No, he's a uh, yeah. We're with TLC, dude. Seriously, and he wrote like I, I actually found this out when when the KYCC concert. When we found out that I mean I freaked out when we found out who the headliner was. I wasn't supposed to tell anybody for a really long time. I was like pulling my hair out. But <laughs> upon hearing that, I had to you know go to YouTube and like look up every every video and listen to everything. <laughs> and I went on Wikipedia so I could school everybody, which I still can't because I didn't log all the information but he worked that's why i gave you the chance to explain who babyface was and you toss it over to richie we started our well, whole no, time traveling I, I, segment right I'm, there i'm, I'm I honoring you, our one guests direction. Right Jeez, what else? <laughs> no but i didn't what know that like? that he wrote so many songs that He's, like i knew that he wrote but i didn't know who exactly he had written for hmm. so i knew that he had produced you know like boys to men all the albums i had listened to as a kid i didn't know that he wrote um i'll make love to you and yeah. which one was it did he did he write end of the road or I think so. so I mean, I think his his real name is Kenny Edmonds. So I think sometimes it's labeled as Kenny Edmonds and not Babyface. Right. Or that might actually be what it's labeled. But yeah, I know he, all my records I used to have, like, the LaFace records are like yellow labels and I say LaFace on them. And then like, I remember I had all the, all of them were, all the big hits pretty much like, you know, As Yet, Boys to Men. On that, you know. Did he ever work with like New Edition? Am I pulling that up? Nowhere. That's out, um, out of my wheelhouse, so you got to talk to the DJ. I am not quite sure on that one. He worked with Paula Abdul. He worked with, like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Did he do yeah. Opposites Attract? Oh, God. With MG Cool Cat <laughs> oh, or whatever God. that cat's name was? Oh, God. I don't even know who produced that. Huh. But he worked with, I mean, yeah. So my entire childhood slash adolescence, a lot of that is credited to Babyface. So meeting yeah. him was like one of the best moments of All my life. All the emotional crying songs. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And every time I close my eyes is like one of the is like one of the most popular wedding songs, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude, I should ask the DJs cuz I'm sure they have to <laughs> play that. And yeah, he has a song for every kind of like any kind of like feeling toward love, I guess, like breakup, makeup, yeah. love. Even Everything. about, even about pets. Baby making. Even about pets. <laughs> pets? Yeah, yeah. Did you know that uh, When Will I See You Again is about his dog? No way. I heard something like that. Yeah, I heard yeah. something about that. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But That's a rumor. I could have <laughs> asked him. I Listen could've... to it again and you'd be like, oh. I know. You could have asked him. <laughs> Dude, Michael, he worked with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson wrote a famous song about Ben. That's about a rat. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, we love our animals. Some people, yeah, like um, Jason Mraz, Little You and I. Uh-huh. It's about a cat. Really? See? Mm. Is that confirmed out of his mouth? Yeah. Wow. Although half the things he says is like, pretty sure a lie so <laughs> like, he'll say anything he gets bored in all his interviews he's like i'm gonna make this interesting <laughs> it's like i tried out for one direction <laughs> hey i mean animals are muses man like game of thrones is based off of his turtles like what? george R. R. martin's turtles so what yeah you know that right no i've he never was, watched was... game of thrones <laughs> R- what <laughs> i know you gave me crap about this in texas <laughs> i need to get on it i'm sorry i apologize yeah he was he has pet turtles and he was watching them uh and then he came up with a uh, Game of Thrones that way. That's how he came up with it. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> and now he's worth a billion dollars, you know? Inspiration yeah. comes from everywhere, whoa, whoa. people. So yeah. you're telling me that Game of Thrones is actually about Ninja Turtles? <laughs> is it the sequel? See, see. <laughs> it's a spinoff. <laughs> he's watching Ninja Turtles. And, uh, uh, as pet turtles, man, that's it. Just, wow. you know, but instead of ninjas, it's knights and shit. <laughs> yep. Do it, do it. Do it different spin you know <laughs> it's like they already did ninjas what am i gonna do different yeah very nice so yeah, yeah. Really? that was a that was a really cool concert i was telling people the first r&b concert that i ever went to i was 14 and it was actually babyface headlining what yeah it was oh, him headlining wow. and then boys to men opening up for him Shut but it was oh, dope wow. yeah it was it was dope it changed my life wow yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what's crazy? So my first concert ever. So I, I had a kind of like a stunted adolescence because I was in like a bad relationship. I didn't get to go do a lot of normal like teenager things because I was stupid. But anyway, so like the first true concert that I went to was Boyz Men. Huh? And it was like it was the most fitting and beautiful because Boyz Men I listened to since I was very, very little. And I had their tapes and everything like that. So it was just, it, it meant a lot. It's like yeah. different than going to like some random artist that doesn't, that you like, but doesn't really mean that much. The first one being Boyz II Men was pretty. Sick. No, that totally makes sense. Because for, for me and Trisha, we were talking about how it just brought back feelings from me being in like eighth and ninth grade, which yeah. is so awkward, right? Because <laughs> then you think about like ex-girlfriends that you had for like a week, you know, and we touched hands. And <laughs> you know, and the slow jam tapes that you made for them. Hell yeah! yeah. Record. You're recording off, oh, the radio, off the radio, except that the stupid DJ won't stop talking, <laughs> and they mess up the intro, so you don't get the whole song. You get like 95 percent of it, and you're hella mad. So you wait till the next time they do it again. I would record those songs and then make my own radio show, dubbing the songs, Did and you making really? my own. Tracklist with like really my own commentary. Do you still have it? He is such it's a producer. Out there somewhere. It's out there. We need to. He was meant for this podcast. I learned more about Marvin through this podcast, and like he, that, it was all meant to be. <laughs> it was in your blood. It's like, what's up, ladies? This yeah. is DJ Marvin, <laughs> Yakety Sax, bringing you the oh. slow jams. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Marvin Minji Morning Show. Always, <laughs> <laughs> always. Jeff yeah. was actually one of our first, uh, first. He was. Probably our first listener that wasn't ourselves back when we first started this podcast because he was the first comment on it too. Oh yeah, because I was. When was that? Oh my god, that's so funny. Aw, full circle. Yeah, because you know he. Yeah, because uh, you know when I first heard uh, Marvin's uh, sexy sexy DJ voice, he's like, Dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Marvin, on my this is my sexy DJ voice. 
How's it going, ladies? Hey. See, I feel like I'm. My voice is a little bit more obnoxious and fitting for not. Okay, that's that's rude. Morning show people are not obnoxious. I just feel like I'm a little bit more hyper, so I don't feel like I belong in like a late night session like Marvin does. I think we belong on two different shows, which is why we have such an interesting dynamic. It's like, am I listening to one show? You're you're like the wake up morning, and then Marvin's like the. I would say Minji is more like the like the political analyst shows where you're just yelling about issues. I don't yell all the time. I'm Every so often, eyebrow. yes. That was called raising my eyebrow. Yes, you raise whatever. You know what? I have feelings that are strong sometimes. And I'm sure there's a babyface song to capture. It is. <laughs> and so that was the collaboration update. Um, all 40 minutes of it. Yeah. But um, the reason we're here is because um, Minji's been trying to get Jeff on this podcast since, for like weeks because we wanted to talk about music again. Since we're talking about music, we brought back DJ Tractivist. Hell yeah. Yeah. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy. And it, I didn't even realize till today when I was texting Richie to coordinate when he's coming over and all that stuff. I was like, oh my God, and you're both from Houston. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not from. from the, I won't claim it. Saying the the yeah. guy sitting here is saying that with a Stetson on his head. <laughs> that I'm a Stetson? Not from Houston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's I bought this from Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know where Bucky's is at. The mm. weird gopher guy. Yep. Is it a gopher? What is he? A beaver? He's a He's beaver. A beaver. He's a beaver. Yeah. That yeah. place scared me. It, it really? was like strict. No, it's it's amazing, <laughs> but it also was frightening. Just how present Bucky is everywhere. <laughs> Like yeah. it frightened. It was like out of a. It was a little frightening. It was like out of a cartoon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, but it was real. It's and so it's amazing. Yeah. For people that don't get that, if you've never driven through Texas, uh, Bucky's is like this really huge rest stop, claiming to be like the cleanest restrooms. It, and it is. It is. It actually it is. is. Yeah. Like but it has spot. everything from food to novelty items and stuff. But if you're driving for all those miles, every like maybe two or three miles, there's a Bucky sign. With some like catchy, <laughs> funny phrase. Was oh, it like one of those like pilot truck stop places? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, it just gets you well, pumped up to go there. I mean, I think their marketing is genius, actually, because you know a lot of people. You know, I have a lot of friends that are kind of germaphobes or whatever like that. So you know, when they're on road trips, of course, they want to clean restrooms. So yeah. that's their big seller. They say we have the cleanest restrooms and actually do like have a huge, you know, huge restrooms for men and women, and then they have people cleaning it. Every like five minutes, it's yeah. literally like it's so super, super clean. clean. That so while you're there, easy. you know you also pick up some food, and, and their food's pretty good too, and their beef jerky and everything. So I mean, that's it's just clever to do that. You know, I was like, um, they, I think when I when I first heard them, there were maybe like two or three, and then now there's like probably like seven, eight or somewhere around Texas. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy, and they're they're bigger now too. They're huge. Like, they're huge they're always- and like I agree with the whole market just from the the merchandise right they're so loyal to Bucky that beaver is yeah. everywhere you can't ha- it's like Instagram heaven like I was taking photos like what in the <laughs> hell is happening here and yeah I will never forget it for as long as I live um, yeah I mean me you know my my even my parents know about it and they're like they're like you know like oh I need to go to the bathroom and I'm like well Bucky's is you know only 20 more miles or something like that. So we'll pass them all the rest of the gas stations to go to Buck. You know? wow. yeah. It's an experience. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. You know? yeah. Uh, it is. Texas <laughs> is featured a lot in our podcast, apparently. We keep going back. Yeah, we keep going back. I still have only been to Austin. No, but my thing, the I had a couple friends that I grew up with in the Bay that were 
that were born in Texas and raised there briefly before they moved and I met them. But they always stay in the back of my head as that. That's all I knew it for. Now, all I know Houston for is Beyonce's hometown. That's all I know. <laughs> that is what? my reference what about point. No, Chen? and where Jeff Chen lives, of course. Uh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. But I want to visit Beyonce's house. Yeah. Me and Beyonce be chilling and stuff. Okay, my bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> did you go visit? She didn't go when to my there? friend's high school, though. No. But yeah, did she? Yeah, that's awesome. She, uh, her high school was actually right by uh, Buffalo's Viewway, like um, uh, close to my uh, old apartment. I think actually, her high school. Is there a big music scene in Houston? Because I mean, there... Austin's known as like the arts artsy part of Texas. I it's so. I don't know. He probably, Jeff probably knows more. There is. Us. I mean, it's it's getting better. I mean, there's there's yeah. There's definitely like you know, uh, um, followings for you know each each type of music and stuff. But it's just not as like it's not as like publicized, I guess. And it's a lot more you know uh, you got to go find it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that, it's getting better. But that's always been you know something that you know I. I, I always wanted to, you know, improve. Like whenever I DJ out in in Houston and stuff, I always try to like, you know, try and do different kinds of genres that maybe some crowds, you know, I think they might like or whatever, just to kind of open their, you know, ears to different kinds of music instead of just like the regular stuff on the radio and whatever about that. But that's always, um, it, it, I mean, I, I don't want, I don't know if I want to go as far as say as like there was a period where like you know people just didn't really care about the music. But I mean, uh, I know earlier, like around the end of the '90s and stuff, music was huge. Like you know, just um, people were really into you know dan- dance music and um, hip hop and everything like that. And then I think there was a period in the, I want to say in the mid 2000s where it, it's kind of like just Came died off, I guess. People yeah. Were, yeah, and then like I think it's coming back now though, which I'm happy. Uh, yeah, that people are getting a lot more into you know, music and actually caring about, um, you know, what, what they listen to and stuff instead of just like taking whatever the radio gives them and stuff. So, but I, think I guess that could also be, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I think it's just because trends nowadays, like, you know, with people like trying to find like, you know, stuff that other people haven't heard and tell them, Hey, have you heard this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and they're like, Oh, okay. And then they get, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, I showed them that, you know, cause I, I actually, I had, um, I did a festival with uh, with Zed before here in Houston, and what? I was talking to him about music, and he was just like, you know what, now's a great time to be, uh, you know, a music producer and make music, because I was asking him, like, it, as a, you know, a start, you know, just a rookie producer and, you know, stuff like that, what do I need to do to, you know, get heard? And he's like, it's a great time right now, because people are trying to be that person that finds the next big hit and show other people, so they can, I guess, be, you know, it's like, oh, I showed him this. So people are actively looking for new music that, you know, is not out there to show other people, you know, they're not just sitting there waiting to be fed music. They want to go out and look for it. So that's, that's one thing that really struck me when he said that. So dang yeah. you. So you opened for Zed. Oh, no, I did. A, I did a festival with them here in Houston, uh, nice. uh back in 20, uh, 2012. Yeah. So it was, that was a great, he's a really good guy. Like he, he, I had a really good conversation for about 30 minutes just backstage, just talking about like, you know, like his how he started, and uh, you know, just like he was just giving me advice, and he's one of the he's one of the ones like you know I was because I mean there's some people I've worked with that you know aren't as I guess you know friendly uh, like, yeah friendly and whatever you know and and then he was like you know because those those guys probably didn't you know have to work as hard 
as to get you know where they are. You know, they might have gotten luck here. We're at that, but Zay's like, I've been doing this for like ten years. I went through everything, slept on people's floors, you know, like on tour, and like I, I went through a lot to get to where I'm at. And that's why I appreciate you know everything I have, and I, you know I appreciate you know people that love my music and everything like that. So when he's you know he was just one of the best artists I've ever talked to. Like he he's a good guy for sure. Shout out to Zed. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna tweet him this podcast so he can hear it for himself. <laughs> no, that's what, I mean. This is what I get to learn. This is why okay, it's like Jeff and I've been friends since 2010. I met him at my first LA collaboration show in 2010. That's when he and I were like fledgling brand new leaders in the whole collaboration scene. And he had started up the collaboration Houston chapter, and I was I was associate director of collaboration San Francisco. Oh. We just met me. Jeff and the rest of the Houston team like really hit it off. And I remember um, finding out that he was a DJ. And then just like since then, it's been a nonstop observation of his journey, mm. right? Because <laughs> we've been able to, you know, work on collab together, which is always fun. And it's bonded me and a lot of other really awesome people within our collab global network. But like just asking him questions and seeing him announce like, yeah, who are you? You were with uh, Armin, right? Like uh, that was well. Actually, Armin was Armin the, uh, Buren, my y'all. second my what? second show that uh, yeah, I he... did. Like, but that was the one that actually really made me uh, realize what I you know wanted to do. Like uh, after I played for him, like it just the crowd was electric, and then you know like it, it was just you know I realized this is what I want to do, and that's I got to pursue it because yeah, that's a that's a deep <laughs> was a profound big... moment, dude, for anybody. It was. It really was. Like, yeah, it's, it's that 2012, I think, was the year. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. And I, I'm May like, the, yeah. I'm super curious all the time. And I've talked about this with Richie, too. Like, what makes a good DJ? Because, you know, we all know it when we experience it. Like, there's really good DJs, and then there's really <laughs> bad ones. So, from the DJ perspective, how that is. And Richie's like, Richie's an amazing DJ, too, which I wanted nah. you guys to meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's kind of interesting how sometimes people can even get the most basic DJing wrong. Like, like beginners DJ is all about the transitions, right? Making clean transitions from song to song. Because, like, you know, you want the beat to stay the same, but you want the song to change. And some people just, like, I've been to some parties where they just couldn't handle that. Or, like, they would, like, change the song to something that is a totally, like, 180. Like, an abrupt, And like, it's, like, yeah, you're, you're in the middle of yeah. getting what just turned on the floor. And you're, like, what? <laughs> you, you go, like, the, like... What? So speaking let's of that, let's all take a moment to imagine Marvin getting turned. Because so. <laughs> that's like, the best thing. The worst, actually, one of the worst experiences once was at this club in. Um, it was a rooftop bar in San Diego, and the guy would just change songs every thirty seconds. So you what? would get you would get into one song, he would change it. No, you know. No. Yeah, I mean, some DJs actually like think that you know mixing faster means you're you know like you're kind of showing people you're good, you know, and like at, okay, you can mix fast, but that doesn't mean like you know are okay. Well, one thing that a lot of people need to realize too, like you know, there's there's turntablists for people who are actually like you know actually performing, uh, like performing DJing, like you know like Huber and stuff like that, where actually they're doing tricks and doing whatever. And then there's party rockers, you know, so, and those are the ones that are actually, you know, the ones that are like, you know, bumping parties and like setting the mood and everything like that. So, you know, you're, you're not like doing, you know, the party any any justice if you're mixing every 30 seconds if people are vibing to the song. And like a lot of DJs, you know, know that and some don't. And those are the ones that, you know, you got to be like, OK, look, look at the crowd, man. I mean, you, you know, don't don't cut off like. 
you know, of a big song after 30, 30 they're seconds. They're getting you know, in the groove, like, man. Yeah. They're getting in yeah, the groove. Yeah, you got you to feel it. You got to vibe it, you know. Don't don't rush, you know. Like, it's it's a journey, you know, <laughs> when you're DJing, so. Yeah. I, I don't know if, you, if you're seeing this trend <laughs> that's happening that we love, but there's a bunch of these, uh, you know, electronic dance DJs that they'll play, like, their songs, and it's like, it'll build, right? You have that build up. So it's like, bump, yeah. bump, 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 bump. And then the crowd is just, like, ready for it. And then they drop, like, Spando Ballet. Like, true. <laughs> what? It's, like, yeah. the most amazing. Yeah. Is, 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 yeah. is that, like, the new um, Rickroll? I don't know, but it's awesome. On purpose I, yeah, to, like, purpose. mess with people? Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. To look wreck it, it? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't wreck it, because in the end, people will like it. It's, like, a funny it's joke. It's funny. And they start singing, yeah. too. You know what they should drop? They're just trolling. Yeah, that's your signature. That's your signature, Mark. You build it up and then drop some baby elephant dance. Get oh my god! No, Richie is Rich, Richie's so good at the the throwbacks though, because like you really know how to get people dancing for like the the nineties two thousand songs that were like our middle school songs. Yeah. So Richie DJed at the Plate by Plate event that Collaborish also helped out on, and I'm convinced. That Minji held you at gunpoint and gave you a playlist. I did it. Why, what was the playlist? What did I do? It was all your songs. What was it? I don't know. Uh. I was too busy bossing the crowd around. <laughs> I was emceeing that. That was the best. So Jeff, imagine. So there's this giant like open hall where they're having this big food event. And it's all fancy and people are wearing gowns and stuff and suits. And I was emceeing uh. it. And I was on the first like bottom floor level on this stage that they had set up in the middle. They put Richie. I don't know why, but they put him on the second floor. Facing huh. me. Well, that way no one can go up, go up there and ask, and bug him. ask for requests. Well, I don't mind. And it. make changes to my playlist, you mean? <laughs> Please play Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh it, was, my God. it was really tough, though. I mean, to talk about what Jeff's saying, you know, like, good DJs know how to read a crowd, right? Yeah. And so, for me, it's hard because I can't really see if people are digging it or not. So, it's really, I feel like I'm guessing. Um, but then, luckily, there's one bartender who's just kept, you know, dancing. I was like, okay, there's, there's that person I'm just going to watch. <laughs> The whole time. It's like, she might be drunk, but whatever. No, oh, they were definitely they drunk. They were definitely drunk. <laughs> they were serving um, Chinese white wine, the baijiu. Oh, my and God. The entire I smelled night. that, and it was like jet fuel. I, was, I smelled it, and I was like, I think I'm wasted right now. That's stuff our grandfathers drink. It's moonshine. They kept that's what they threw around. They're like it's Chinese moonshine. It was it was pretty brutal, wow. but it was fun though. Like Richie was like my 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 inspiration. So I would like look up to the second floor, and be like Richie. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to like it was fun. I felt I just, bad. You were like all alone up there. Well, yeah. No, you were Trisha, but you two like I wanted you guys to be in the mix of everything and get to interact with everyone because I think that is again for the DJ that's got to be what's fun, right? Like yeah, but, proud. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like. Uh, when I was DJing in my earlier years, I mean, a lot of the clubs were set up at that time. I'm sure they're different now, where the DJ booth was hidden. It oh. was like really far away yeah. from the crowd. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it kind of brought me back to those days. And When did that change then? I'm curious. That's, I totally forgot about that. I'm, I'm thinking when Babyface like quit One Direction. But, <laughs> you know, that's just my... Obviously, well, I mean, that's at, when everything changed. At some point, changed. DJs became like, just like kind of, kind of how like... Chefs are now gaining notoriety for like what they're doing with their their food. Like DJs nowadays are, you know, certain DJs develop certain styles, and now like you see DJs get promoted for certain nights. Like, oh, you know, they might may not be famous, but they're promoted by name. Yeah, they're know? they're certainly not in the background as they were yeah. in the past. Oh yeah, you know, um, yeah. they are. They are. I mean, literally, they are Vegas now. 
You know what I mean? They're the sign. They're the people that bring in the money and the people to come. So it's a different time. I mean, for some of us as the older generation, it's kind of like, damn it, you know. But <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? You got that. I mean, skill I think of- it's great. Yeah, I mean, people because it's you know like someone that was. Well, so, okay. Originally, I think even hip hop started out with just the DJ, really, like make, you know, spinning breaks and stuff like that. And he was the fo- actually the forefront. And then you would have, you know, uh, the MC would just add on to him, and then the MC became the forefront. And then yeah, you know, also, you know, break dancers too and stuff like that. Like nowadays, they're doing forefront stuff too, like with ABDC and stuff. So it's like it's great that people that weren't forefront are getting like shine now. You know, like DJs. Uh, we're starting to get more appreciation with, you know, skills they do and stuff like that. Like, I think that kind of started with, I would say, DJ AM back in the day when people started, you know, noticing like, hey, this guy, you know, could put on a show by himself, like a show, you know, mm-hmm. and not just be a DJ for like an MC or something like that or a rapper or something. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, it's more, well, it's 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 a, I guess, uh, it's a topic of debate where like um, – People are like, oh, you know, the people that are getting shot right now, they're not DJs. They're producers that press play. And then, you know, there's DJs that actually, you know, can DJ and, and do tricks and trick mix and everything like that. But, you know, the, the, the general public, a lot of times they don't know the difference, you know. And that's what sparks, like, a lot of debate between, you know, DJs and producers and stuff like that, you know. And they're, yeah, there's a whole debate on that. But No, I was going to say that what I do miss, because... You know, Trisha and I have been going to parties and stuff just to, you know, see the artists, the Asian-American artists that are out there. We do miss that people don't face each other. Like, there's a lot of people now that just face the crowd. I mean, face the DJ. And we, yeah. you know, we miss the parties where you actually dance with people around you. It's it's a different vibe, you know. And uh, I don't know. And so, like, <laughs> we, we went to a party. One of the crews out here is really dope. Is They're called Selection. It's a lot of Asian-American uh, artists that are on their roster. Um, but, you know, the crowd tends to face the DJs. But I feel that their music is supposed to, is meant for people to, to dance with each other. Yeah. And so when Trisha and I start dancing with each other, we're like the only ones. And it feels like really <laughs> awkward. Um, That's awesome. One of my friends from college um, DJs with them sometimes. I'm Sam. Rock your friend? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Rock <laughs> <laughs> your friend? Rock your friend? Do you know who Sam is? Sam. So Super Sam? Mm-mm. Is that what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You love the 90s? She throws a wet party every Wednesday. Okay. Or not every Wednesday, but on Wednesday. I invited and Minji to a bunch of her oh stuff, but she gosh. never goes. What? what she's a Filipino-American, I think from Eagle Rock. She's from, she's no, she's from dope. Culver originally. Oh, was that that Friday Night Prom thing you told me about? No, it's a different thing. Okay. Woo. Tell um, me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't have the cred like you guys, so like my suggestions no, don't get much. She's a DJ, much. you know. She rolls with this. <laughs> no, well, Marvin doesn't. We don't have the same like cha- adolescent playlist, so I don't know. It's not that you don't have cred. It's just like what's, we a, what's on the playlist. I want to know what's on the Minji playlist and <laughs> a lot of stuff Mar- that you play. That's okay. why I was like, what's I on the Marvin out. playlist? Uh, I listen to everything. He listens to more rock. Oh, like really? he listened to more rock than I did. Okay. So it's it's I think it's more diverse than mine. Okay. To be honest, I think I don't, more I don't have as much R and B, but it's more. Yeah. Like, I like mm, my like more aggressive sounds. I guess like okay. more driving aggressive R and B. I like R Kelly. <laughs> I like hip hop. R Kelly. <laughs> Jodeci. Oh God. No. Maybe. Jodeci. Um, did you listen? Oh, yeah. Did you listen to Silk. any R and B? Growing up, not really. Um, like. Oh, I like. Oh, dude, he's. he's I always like. You know, like driving drum beats and like guitar riffs and things like that. Um, 
so that's why it kind of got more into like things like the roots oh. and like kind of the roots man yeah like, i was in a j5 in college mm-hmm. you know like the mm-hmm. more i don't know just go like more like golden yeah. age hip-hop like, i guess like, yeah but you know, uh, a lot of stuff the same place message, I really like. well <laughs> tribe called quest yeah yeah things like Farsight. that alice lesson yeah. i i think i know a few of their like probably the really popular hits but i didn't listen to those groups you know, <laughs> extensively i think again it's... i'm more top four like i heard what was popular and then i really liked r&b and yeah and all that stuff so. i think for me it's, it's less rock i would say more like i was like early like pre-hipster type of stuff you know kind of like <laughs> Marvin, I was hipster original. before the hipsters like, okay I'm exactly bit, i think because i've always like i don't know just my cousins have a big influence on me growing up, and they're very much into indie stuff. And so uh-huh. I kind of got really into indie stuff and the more kind of independent, like non mainstream things. Gotcha. Um, yeah. No, no, none wrong. I listen to I want to listen to everyone's playlist. That's what I'm saying. I wish I, we could all share playlists of like our top whatever. Yeah, we should. That, I, I discover a lot topics. about my friends, and it's really cool because I really love discovering new. Like actually, for for example, this last weekend I had a twelve hour trip to Vegas, for um, and I was so excited. You're totally right when you you said that thing about the uh, DJ thing because mm-hmm. I was in the cab on my way to the Venetian where our hotel was, mm-hmm. and we're going. I got a text saying we're going to Hakkasan at MGM, and right then I'd pass a bulletin board with Tiesto on the. I was like, yes, you know, <laughs> he did not play that night, and I was really upset. <laughs> so I was totally like, you know, I love, and I've been to Tiesto. I went to him when he was at Cal Palace. Oh, okay. Which is amazing. But um, anyway, yeah, it's like totally like the DJ is the, mm. the star now. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go see Tiesto tonight. Um, what was I saying? Playlist. <laughs> Playlist. Yeah. Oh, so when I got there, I got to the Venetian. I was the last girl to arrive for this bachelorette party. And so I needed to get ready. And the girls were just like there being really patient and sweet and waiting. So I showed up. And then, um, yeah, so she started. She was so sweet. And I, I was just rushing. And she was really nice, and she put on a playlist. She, she like, put on her music. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it, because, like, every song I heard, I heard, like, four or five songs. I was like, I really like your style, and I don't know who these people are. Mm. <laughs> she said it to me. I don't remember any of them. The one person that I do remember was Kygo. Apparently, Kygo's, uh, like, yeah. this young, whatever. Like, she heard him at Coachella, and so she fell in love with him. But she, <laughs> that's, again, I get introduced that way to a lot of new people that I, because I always have my playlist, and I'm always mm. listening to my whatever. Because they don't play a lot of new stuff on the radio. It's like radios repeat. Same yeah. song eight jillion yeah. times until it dies. <laughs> there yeah, used to be I this um, this state... Ra- well, there's a radio station in San Diego called um, 949. Um, they're owned by Lincoln Financial Group. But they, they're all about Not like the indie... Like um, They used to have this thing every night called Big Sonic Chill. Which they would play things like, um, like Old Passion Pit, um, Death Cat for Cutie, Sia, Zero Seven. These, those kind of songs. So... That was kind of how my college playlist would have been. Mm. It'd be a little zero seven, um, some folksy stuff, some maybe some Jason Mraz. Um, Handsome Boy Molly School was a yeah. big rotation, yeah. Mm. See, I didn't know about Sia until EDM. I didn't know it was about Sia <laughs> until David Guetta. And I'm well, like, been around yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just weird how people, the touch points. Like, we've yeah. talked about Sia before. I mean, I first heard like, about her when she was singing for zero seven. And yeah. then she had her first album out, which became like the ending song of six feet under the hbo series and mm. that's how that got uh that song got big too um breathe me and then the nba used it for their oh. like their their packages yeah. she also wrote um co-wrote end of the road um, <laughs> with baby face baby face before one direction mm-hmm. that's why yeah per Jer- wikipedia hashtag journey <laughs> 
Did he work with Journey? <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Babe, that's the overall message of this podcast. Babeface is everywhere. He literally is, though. Like He's he, working with Ariana Grande now. Like, yes. for real. So, I, I should have taken... No, one thing. I should have asked him to tell Ariana Grande to enunciate. <laughs> Kenny, I love you. You're God. You're amazing. But damn it, help that girl speak her words. What if when she enunciates, you realize she can't sing? She can sing. Girl's no, got a girl, voice. But that makes yeah, karaoke so much easier. <laughs> so much easier. Because that's the way I sing anyway. It's perfect. <laughs> this is why you're DJ, not a singer. Oh, no, I am not a singer. Mm-mm. We should do that. We should have a thing where the D- where we should get all DJs across the world. <laughs> All the best DJs in the world sing. They should yeah. sing on their own tracks. Uh. I would love to see that. We'll start with hey. Jeff Chen and DJ Tractivist. And then, yeah, you could also put Autotune on there, too. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. No. We're not producing. Yeah, they got to use all the tools to their exposure. <laughs> I, the, I got the T-Pain app. Uh. Have you seen T-Pain live? Um, so concerts and whatnot. Nonsense, not since really 2006. He is so good. No, he did the yeah, uh, he really did a tiny desk concert. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. No, so I saw him back in 2010 or 11. Wait, when did Bruno Mars come on the scene? So it was when Bruno uh, Mars I think was brand new. 2011. 2011. That year, Mix TV did they they were they were really trying to make their way in the Bay because their their ABS CBN is um, headquartered in the Bay Area and they threw a T Pain concert with Bruno Mars opening so this is when Bruno Mars had only done uh, the Bob song airplanes mm. that was the only song he had ever done like that was on the radio that people knew about so then they were trying to really push him and like give him more stage time so he opened for T that was one of the best concerts ever and it was actually a very small crowd because again. I don't know. It just wasn't that. It wasn't full. It was at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. Yeah. But T-Pain can move. I was like, hey, <laughs> he he is a dance maniac. He's all sweating and stuff, but like he's really good. <laughs> and then Bruno Mars, I mean, just amazed everybody. And everyone's like, yeah, who is this shows, guy? Yeah. He can, yeah. He, he, I like the performance he gives with, you know, his whole dance crew and stuff. The, the whole doo-wop thing, the whole. Yeah. Like, it's great and yeah he's one of the best performers i've seen like i love that vibe he gives like especially uh when he did that mtv tribute to amy winehouse the the valerie tribute is i didn't one of the watch best. that i need to watch that oh check that out that's one of the best cover like things i've seen uh tribute covers i've seen on mtv it's great i will yeah. do that when yeah. we uh when we first moved to houston I, for some reason we just didn't see a lot of asian asian americans just maybe where we lived and and so <laughs> we just had a hard time finding it. I mean, you could drive to certain places and, you know, there's the pockets of the Asian American like <laughs> communities. But like where we live, we, we didn't see them at all. And then we went to the rodeo and Bruno Mars opened and there they were. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. yeah. I was there too. There's a whole bunch of <laughs> I I like, I mean, it's really cool to see, again, when I get to go to all the different collaboration cities, it's really, really cool to see how because I'm obviously there for collaboration, so I get to experience the Asian-American communities mm-hmm. in each of these places and watching, seeing where and how they congregate. Like, we went to that... What's that one restaurant we went to, Jeff? The first night? The Japanese place? 
Oh, Genji's. Genji's, yeah. right? So apparently that's yeah. like the spot everyone goes to. It was yeah. Japanese food. It was really, really good, but they have karaoke right where you're sitting and eating. So people <laughs> were like sitting and eating at the same time. It was really fun. But Sitting uh, and eating at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? At a restaurant. I don't know. That's the first time I gone to like a restaurant where people were singing as they ate. Oh, you said singing. Oh, I think I just said is- sitting. I heard sitting, sitting as well. Sitting. sitting. Oh, sitting eating. and eating. Oh, my the God. Art. The my art. My brain. Of I totally eating. brain farted. Yes, you're, you, you caught were just, me. Sitting and just, eating and you singing. You were just criticizing Ariana Grande for pronunciation. No, I didn't. I, I said sitting and eating. I didn't like. I messed up my words. I Maybe didn't enunciate. Maybe you shouldn't enunciate so much. I did enunciate. Shut your face. You anyway. You over-enunciated. Um, as they are sitting and eating and singing. Um, yeah. What is it? The group, I loved it because they started singing Selena, but they didn't choose one of Selena's um, American, you know, oh, English yeah. songs. They sang Bitty Bitty, Bitty Bum Bum. And I was like, that is the first time I've seen an Asian person choose a Spanish song at a karaoke. You know what I mean? Like, that was so cool. This was like last last weekend. And I yeah. love that. Again, that's like, those are the little things that I really love about going to different parts where the culture is so different because, like, you know, she's from Texas and they're they're right next to Mexico and, like, whatever. It's part of that culture. I mean, I don't think that would happen in Boston. You know what I mean? Oh, they've seen Sweet Caroline. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Sweet Caroline? That's, oh. all they, yeah. That's their jam right there. I don't, what is Sweet Caroline? Um, what's his face? Neil Diamond. Oh, okay. Neil Diamond. They sing at all the Red Sox games. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Asian people sing that? Everyone. 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 everyone okay. Sing yeah, but you wouldn't hear Bitty Bitty Bum Bum. That was really fun, though. I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Genji's. Genji's. Yeah. Jeff, what's your karaoke song, DJ? My karaoke song? Uh, mm, well, I typically, one of my favorites to sing, it's an old school song called Knockin' Boots by H-Town. I don't know if y'all know it. Ah. It's, it's that is that is uh, aggressive R&B right there too. It's aggressive R&B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like, featured like, on Fresh yeah, Off the Boat. It's the, it's the R&B with the grunts in it, like you know. And oh whatever. my god, that's on Fresh <laughs> Off the Boat. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was on the episode where uh, little Eddie tried to get um, his neighbor to wash his car for him. Oh. Yeah. They have quite a soundtrack on that show. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. They it's get to 90s. like dive into that. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Whoever gets to be the music consultant on that show, and that's a job. That's so uh, freaking awesome that someone would be able to do that for a living. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of come, come to think of it, a lot of my um, like college soundtrack was also whatever was playing on Scrubs that week. <laughs> so, oh yeah, Scrubs. Got the shins, the whatever weepies. Your show is see, oh, the but that's what I'm saying. Got so me through many a night, the weepies. Well, this is what I'm saying. This is so cool about the, the cross music, the cross with like how influential music is and how much we absorb it without even like paying attention. Mm. But how much music is not just radio; it goes into every TV show and film and like every commercial that we see. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs that gives me a lot of like motivation slash peace is a song that I heard on a commercial that I just loved. And in that 30 seconds, I like got my phone out and shazammed it because I like this track. It's no music, right? It's a song called Cars and Trains. But I really like that. And I actually made a, my own mini movie when I went out to the Does desert. Does it go beep, beep, toot, toot? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is another song. That's, a, that's an R. Kelly song. That's Cars and Trains, guys. <laughs> beep, beep. Give me that toot, toot. toot. Yeah. Marvin that is beep, like a, a 
closet aggressive R&B DJ. He is. He just <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> just didn't know. We're just exposing it. But anyway, um, yeah. I, wasn't a Clara's song, Clara C's song on a commercial? I forgot. Like somebody... It's I I it was Clara or Run River North. Who was it? Run River North was in a Honda. Filipino McDonald's oh. commercial. No way. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? You didn't see Clarissa's Snapchat? Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm. They're in a Filipino. It's McDonald's? a Filip- It's a McDonald's commercial, but and so Run it's River all North Tagal- Tagalog. Yeah. With their song in English. Yeah. Was it singing in English? No, they were singing in English. What song was it? I don't know. It was on Snapchat. I can hear. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, studies have shown that. Run River North songs increases the chances of you having a great meal and adding rice to your chicken nuggets. Especially when paired with Babyface. Especially with yeah. if you pair Babyface, man, then they're going to add some Filipino sauces and stuff. It's over. It's all <laughs> over. <laughs> I was uh, talking to Jeff though, the like what his, what ever. his goals are with his music, because I'm just like, again, I this is me. I like whenever I talk to somebody, whether I've known them for five years or if I met them for five minutes, I'm like, what's your dream? What's your... <laughs> well, what are your goals? I want to know your aspirations. What Actually, are your aspirations? <laughs> I, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, Jeff, because uh, uh, I've always wanted. I want to ask the DJs who are involved in EDM, especially those who are like Asian American, right? Because I feel like electronic and edm is a very special genre and like Mm -hmm. you know where ethnicity is and and race doesn't have it doesn't it's not as big of a thing when it comes to people receiving the music right or at least maybe that's maybe i'm wrong but i just wanted to ask you like when when you pursue this career like how are you handling your ethnicity when it comes to like promoting yourself when it comes to you know presenting you know yourself as you know as a dj well, honestly, it hasn't, been too, it hasn't really been too much of an issue because, uh, I mean, a lot of times, uh, one thing I really love about the EDM, you know, community and scene is it really is, you know, about the music, you know, and not so much about like, you know, what the per- what race the person or DJ, DJ is or who you're vibing with and stuff like that. And you see it at a lot of festivals, you know, like people, you know, will just like dance and you would dance with them. Them and everybody just vibes together and it doesn't matter what race you are and stuff. The only thing that I guess... Um, uh, would relate to race wise is like you know sometimes I get booked for shows because they you know I have an Asian following so like you know they want to the the venues and stuff or promoters uh, want to book me to bring an Asian you know audience there because you know I you know it's no secret I guess that you know when Asians go out to like places they spend a lot of money you know so that's no seriously it is and be, I've been in nightlife for a while and that's a that's always you know been a big thing like you know bartenders know like. Oh, you know, it's it's an Asian night. We're gonna get tipped well. You know, um, they're gonna they're gonna we're gonna do well tonight and stuff like that. You know, so it's been a it's it's been a thing. That's the only thing I can say that it, it relates to as far as you know race wise. But as you know, as far as like you know people that are talking about music straight music wise, race is not really an issue. I don't think because a lot of time I think in Houston a lot of the best DJs here are Filipino actually, and you know that um, that's. That's just the truth, I guess, because my influences here were all Filipino, too. So, like, growing up on listening to radio and stuff, they're all Filipino DJs. Um, so I don't think it's been too much of an issue as far as, you know, like, in EDM and stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's Asian DJs out there, you know, but a lot of times it's not even a thing. People don't like, you know, like Aoki. Uh, of course, people know him a lot more. Um 
uh, Wax Motif is Asian. Um, they're, uh, yeah, like there's a lot of DJs that are Asian that people don't even know they're Asian because it doesn't matter. So that's one thing I really love about EDM community-wise. Like it's, it's just about the music, you know, and vibing with people. It's about, you know, good, good feelings and everything. You know, nothing, no, no static, no drama. Well, and hopefully love- that translates, you know. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 I'm done, yeah. No, I'm saying, like, I mean, in light of that, what you're saying, I mean, that's in an ideal world what translates even if your face is attached to your music, that it is about the music that you make and not. This is my thing that, you know, I I forgot. I saw someone tweet, if somebody famous... (laughs) Some maybe somebody who's listening can school me, um, but it was just interesting. Just coming from, I'm going to bring it to like the feminist perspective, but just how important um, being hot has mattered to being a female artist. How that like is relevant. How describing uh, somebody like describing a female artist that you gotta you gotta comment on how she looks. Oh, right? that was on this podcast two weeks ago. Really? Yeah. No, somebody, well, I saw it on Twitter as well. So maybe it's just an ongoing conversation, which is good. But um, I saw somebody mention it and um, it just, it, it is what it is. And, and it's just like the odds of you becoming a successful female artist. Yeah. If you're really, really talented. Just because when I think, reflect back on like the whole Susan Boyle thing, I get really sad and angry how everyone was so astonished that she could sing just because she doesn't <laughs> look a particular well, way. I mean, that's kind of thing with like, you know, like men are allowed to get old. They get like more stately, silver foxy, whatever. And they're allowed to like become like men, men. Whereas like women aren't really allowed to age in sometimes like when a, you know, like an older female comes out and does something awesome. Everyone's surprised. Like, yeah. Like they weren't expecting it. You know? Yeah, that 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 part. It's like, why like, is Helen Mirren so awesome? She's just doing what she's been doing for the last like jillion 50 years. years she's you know? amazing. Yeah. Like she's been amazing. I don't know. It's 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 I just think, interesting. Uh, no, I think it's 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 just because you know, like like you said, uh, you know, Hollywood or you know you know record label and stuff. They want somebody to have a look too. So you know, they're like, oh, we can market them, and that's what's being pushed to people when you. When you hear about, you know, singers and stuff like that, you get, you know, these images of them, like they're all like hot and whatever like that. So people come to expect that, you know, that's what a singer looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's great when, you know, things like that happen where like it's not what you expected because, you know, then now people like learn to like not judge a book by its cover. And I think uh, nowadays it's it's getting a lot more better. You know, people aren't, you know, as... I guess as as shocked when you know somebody who isn't like all crazy hot can sing or whatever now, and I think it's evolving. So it's it's and then I I don't know if I, I could say like Hollywood and whatever is coming around to it, but I, I don't know. What do y'all think? Like you know they don't. Well, I mean you s- the whole Susan yeah. Boyle thing and the whole like kind of flipping expectation has become like it's kind of sad that like the America's Got Talent model has become a model. Right. You see like every year during like the Britain's Got Talent, Russia's Got Talent, China's Got Talent, they always have that one Susan Boyle moment and it becomes clickbait. And everyone watches like, oh, my God, I'm in tears. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, the judges didn't give this person a chance, but you don't believe what happens when they open their mouth. And everyone's like, oh, it's so beautiful. But it's like I feel like that's just proof again and again that like it still happens. You know? Yeah. I don't think I personally don't think it's changed that much. <laughs> and maybe it won't. I think who knows? We're getting, we're getting, again, it's the more we're fed that kind of stuff. We're exactly. Just, yeah. It's more we're obvious. It's pushed to you, like marketed to you that way. Like yeah. this is what a singer should look like and this is whatever, you know? So, but I, I, I mean, hmm. 
is yet to be determined. I, I don't know. I it's, really question. I, I think it's slowly, slowly coming around. I, I think I kind of see it. Like it's people are just like you know, not as quick to judge a lot of times now. I yeah, I that's think. true. Yeah. I think that's always the ideal, and then but then you still have to realize that entertainment is still it's aspirational, right? You look at the screen and see something you want to be. Yeah. And you know, companies have been using that to you know prey on consumers for like since the beginning of you know, Forever. like those um, uh, magical elixir salesmen in the cowboy days. You know, it's like <laughs> you know they like show you what you want so you can buy their shit. Right. Well, I'm sure that goes back to like forever with fashion and, you know, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it goes way. I'm sure it's yeah. like Roman times. It's like these are what the dignitaries wear. Yeah. You need to wear this. And that's why there is a whole business for models and people who look really, 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 really good. <laughs> right? That's a lot of really. But would you guys see that Zoolander trailer yet? Or oh, no. Spoke Frappuccino. I don't know. There's a, <laughs> another Zoolander? There's a new trailer out. What? Yeah. I did Too not late. know this. Who no. knew that movie would turn out that I'm, I really want to know who because someone had to come up with that concept and then they executed on it. I don't know if they ever expected it to become what it is. I think I mean? actually uh, it was before it was a movie. I think he actually did that character for something on MTV and it became a movie. I uh, think maybe. Yeah. I mean, he had a yeah. whole like he had a whole for I, I didn't know this. He had a whole like sketch show before like his movie career. Yeah. Yeah. The Ben yeah. Stiller show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, ben Stiller is oh. a genius. I, he's one of my favorite comedians. He's hilarious. <laughs> Most of his movies. I don't, well, yeah, I, I don't think there's really been any movie that I didn't, didn't enjoy that he made. Yeah. Yeah. It's fairly enjoyable. He's good. kept yeah. his quality pretty high. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Didn't, he didn't go the um, Adam Sandler route. Why does everyone hate Adam Sandler? We totally switched gears, by the way. But <laughs> why does everyone hate Adam Sandler? Because his movies, like, he used to be, like, like really funny, crude, but with the heart, right? Like, you would, like, and the Big Daddy, like, you cried. Everyone cried at the Big Daddy, That's very right? meaningful. But, like, now it's, like, grown-ups, and it's, like... I heard. I don't know. It's. I stopped watching him a while. He still makes yeah, loads of one. money. It's but it kind of just feels like he stopped trying. I don't know. I think they the had big very thing is high like Adam Sandler used to be one of the most bankable movie stars ever. He has his own like <laughs> mini studio inside Sony. Did you say bankable? Bankable. Or, okay, I heard yeah. bangable. Well, yeah, I heard. <laughs> Whoa, that bank- is aggressive R&B right there. <laughs> I mean, he used to be He used to be on par with you know Will Smith, where like any Adam Sandler movie will make buttloads of money guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. He was a golden boy for and a while. That's what I'm saying. Somewhere like, along the way, like, I don't know, it, the writing of his movies just kind of got, maybe people just grew up. You know, his movies still aren't, like, bad. I mean, I still, you know, I'll catch him and stuff, and I still in, enjoy, enjoy, you know, I would say most of them, but I guess maybe it became kind of formulaic. Like, his movies, like, were kind of predictable. Like, you'll, okay, you'll have, you know, these those two two guys that were in you know Big Daddy like well, or, or whatever you know you know there's always the same kind of characters in each movie you know what I mean and like it became formulaic so people yeah. started you know to see like okay here comes the you know of course it'll have this and whatever and then you know it's it's th- these new movies aren't too I mean like I think the last one I saw was like Blended or something like that and it wasn't <laughs> bad yeah it wasn't bad um yeah. But I mean, I heard about his other ones, like that one where he played his sister too, or whatever. I heard that yeah, was like I think yeah, horrible. There's so many movies on yeah. that. It's like funny with the quality of movies and stuff. There's so many movie stars, and there's a lot of really great actors out there that are not just celebrities. Like they can actually really perform. But I've noticed that there, when I go, I don't go to Redbox that much anymore because I have Netflix. But when I did go, I was like, there are so many movies that went directly to DVD or 
Oh, there's tons. Never, yeah, there's tons of them with like really heavy hitters, right? And I was like, dang, De Niro's in this? Like, I mean, there's more and more just because the movie industry itself is becoming more and more risk averse. So if a movie's not guaranteed to like be a crossover, like international success or box office success, it might not be worth the marketing dollars to push it domestically. Right. And so it just goes straight to DVD. I think TV's where it's at now, really. It is. It is. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, we were talking about that because Jeff watches everything. What were you watching when I was there? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I want to out you. Were you I, watching Gossip Girls? What was I watching? Gossip oh, I, I, was, I was checking out Gossip because my friend Tom was like, you should check it out. Because actually, like the OC back in the day, he's like, if you like that, you should check this show out. And I was like, I was like really? I was, I, was, I was like, you know, whatever for, you know, chicks or whatever that and stuff like that. And I don't know, people might say OC was too, but I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, a lot of people well, watched Gossip that. Gossip Girl was like yeah. the, gener- the next generation's like 90210. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a bunch a of those of actors actually went like Blake Lively's gone on to have a pretty good um, movie career after and Gossip Girl. And she married Girl. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah. No, I mean like she wins. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, that writer, um, jo- uh, I think his name is Josh Schwartz. Uh, he's the one that did all those shows and like I guess it's – you can see the similarities between them and stuff. But, you know, he's he's pretty good at writing like and, you know, just uh, just creating that drama and tension and i was like wow this guy's good at what he does <laughs> so your verdict is thumbs up two thumbs up yeah it's it's pretty good i gotta say it's pretty good yeah you should watch it <laughs> there's so many shows i gotta watch there are so many if, if you have shows that you think we should watch um oh at minjeezy with four e's um send her all your recommendations oh, no. i guarantee you she'll watch maybe one of them <laughs> I got a hell of flights coming up, so. <laughs> I guess, but you, yeah, you kind of stick with your shows... comfort favorites, though. I do. I rewatch a lot of. I do reruns. Well, because I can't pay attention to the TV. So after I've spent time, that's why Parks and Rec is perfect because I just keep it Parks on in the background. And every so <laughs> often, there's like and a even really good that thing. took like three months convincing. <laughs> no, that took like seven years of convincing. <laughs> I need to. I need to start that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody's telling me Parks and Rec. Yeah, I need to start that. Do you watch Suits? No. Vast majority oh, of the you questions you'll ask me, I'll get um, no. Yeah, it's pretty much gonna be no. no <laughs> what, what's no, your no. show? Um, Gossip Girls. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, of course. And Game then I Thrones. finished Mad Men, so that's done. Did you know that Kenny Edmonds was in Mad Men? <laughs> <laughs> the, but the real madman back in the 50s oh my he went back goodness. in time and joined a ad agency he's everywhere he's everywhere <laughs> he does everything alright um, before we get too far down um, we do want to go over some um, recent events in the roundtable discussions there's not not that much went on in Asia America this past week except um, the premiere of season 8 of America's Best Dance Crew yeah. Did anyone watch that? We're going to the taping. <clears throat> on Thursday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should be fun. When? We're going uh, on Thursday. Oh, really? I think. It's like <laughs> 75% confirmed. We're all excited oh. just because it's for the longest time, like, we couldn't, Asians couldn't show dominance in reality TV. But now, like, we have our own <laughs> show where we're the majority of the contestants. Well, that's that's been a long time. ABDC has yeah. been around for a long time, yeah. so that's nothing new. I'm just excited. I love well, oh they've been God. on a hiatus for like what three years? Yeah, so I mean that 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 reality TV whatever. And we got our homies, collaboration alum in there. Yeah, we got Ben yeah. Chung. I got Mike Song. Kinjas are amazing. They really and then Quest Crew is amazing. I saw a really quick clip. And mm-hmm. It just they're. I don't know how they designed That's gonna that be the finals right there <laughs> for real. It's craziness. Yeah. So there's been some 
pretty interesting commentary about those. Kind of like similar to what you guys are saying about like the difference between like flashy DJs and like party DJs. Um, the difference between like the crews that are about tricks and the crews that are about like fundamentals, right? Like mm. choreography. So it'd be interesting to see how like because like obviously tricks will yeah. play better to the wow factor, the, yeah, wow factor into the public audience. So like pop, like when it gets to the public vote, that will be big. But I mean. The, the hopefully the judges are looking for like the the choreography right like the technical skills. well I always wonder on those shows do the are the judges really the ones that are deciding you know what I mean like are they you know being fed what to say or you know because who knows I, I mean yeah producer I, I, I think it's the M- I think it's MT that actually probably you know <laughs> saying, hey, I think hey T Pain I think you're gonna like them this week or whatever you know but I don't know that's, I think that's what I'm thinking. I think it'll it'll become apparent when like a team nails a routine and still gets like pooped on. You know, um, yeah. but for the moment, I think the way that that show is set up is the first, like, I think only the ultimate winner is decided by a popular vote. Hmm. Everything mm-hmm. leading up to it is um, by judges. the judges. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be very interesting. Side is back. Uh, Thursday nights. Thursday nights? Wednesday That's nights? That's when they record it. I think it's Wednesday nights on MTV at like 10 p.m., I think. Let me get the actual information. We will share it with you. Uh, pretty sure <laughs> I nailed that one. When we get satellite TV, we'll be sure to watch yes. it. When are you getting satellite TV? That's so exciting. I, I seriously know. want to go to your house and watch it. <laughs> Next month. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't All had right. TV in so long. Um, another kind of interesting story that came up um, through Angry Asian Man, our friend Phil Yu. Um, so have you guys heard about the trademark dispute between um, the U.S. Trademark Office and the Slants? Yes. Rockman? I've been following um, it because I'm in the middle of trademarking. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the Slants, which is a, they've been a band for like what the last 15 years, like a long time. Maybe not 15, but like a really long time. They're like a alternative band, all Asian rock band. Um, applied to trademark their name through the trademark office, and then it got denied because um, the trademark office says that your band name is um, racially offensive, and we can't trademark that. Um, wow. So they've been trying to fight that. Um, so recently, the uh, I guess the National Asian um, APA um, Bar Association and um, some other groups decided to put support the U.S. U.S. Um, um, patent Office court decision um, against the slants because they're saying, like, they're taking a stance that you know, like, we don't we don't want to allow this word to be trademarked and used for commercial purposes and stuff like that. So it's kind of an interesting thing because in the in the midst of the whole Viet Cong issue <laughs> um debacle like they say That's there's a, a double one. standard but there is it's kind of like the same thing as like one is appropriation and the other one's like kind of more like reclamation right reclaiming that word and like kind of taking away its power or using it for you know more activist stance like you know i, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that i think it's interesting because i i've been stuck on it you know mm-hmm. because i guess you could say that the you know with the two sides on it you could kind of see both Right. Um, I, I'm curious, like, do you guys have a stance on it? Like, do well, you I mean, feel one way or the other? I feel like it's kind of similar to the whole thing with like the N word. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's OK for us to say it, but not for you to say it. I don't know if slants. Like, it's, it's not a word that I would use to refer to my own culture and things like that. Like, I get I get the. um Connection. The connection, the why, the why they're using it because they're using like so what if you're Asian, we're gonna rock your you know pants off, you know. But in terms of, I mean, that's the parallel, right? Mm-hmm. Is kind of it's it's a racially charged word, but 
Right. You know. And and I know that people, you know, what Simon from the slants is arguing too is, you know, would this been an issue if it was for non Asians that were applying for the term the slants? You know, would it have become such a you know a big deal? Like, would right. it have been considered a racial term? Would they even have thought of it as a racial term if it wasn't just for Asian Americans applying for? That's what I'm curious about. I though. mean, guess we'll wait to see when Viet Cong applies for their yeah, trademark. Right? Um, I, I, I've it to me. I, I'm I'm pulled on. I'm pulled because. Well, what I what I did I was researching on you know okay well there's been other terms that have been reappropriated throughout, you know, history. You know, one is queer, the other one's the N-word. And so I was curious, you know, how did those words end up being, you know, used and accepted? I mean, you know, queer is used, you know, in a positive way. A lot of organizations end up, like, using that word in, in their their name. Um, the N-word is a little different because I think the community is divided on, you know, whether or not they should use it. Um, but... Something I read, I'm going to read it because I actually typed it out. Something that helped me to decide or at least give me more clarity was just learning about like the hit, like how reappropriation has, you know, the history of those terms and how it's, how it's, uh, you know, for example, like there was a paper that was written about the word queer and how it evolved into something that was, you know, uh, like a symbol for the community. This thing is, so I read this quote it said reappropriation may be more likely to occur when group cohesion is high but is but it is also likely to increase that same feeling of cohesion a state of mutual support and solidarity along with the perception that the group is tightly knit self-contained entity a pre a prerequisite for cohesiveness and likely reappropriation is that the boundaries between groups must be relatively impermeable so I was thinking about the term the slants, right? Like, do I identify with that? I know I've been called that. Like, it's usually slanty-eyed something. It's never, like, slant, you know? Like, it's usually, yeah. you know? I'm, I've never been called slant, but, I've, you know, the, yeah, it's, the well, raising the island. Right, thing raising the island, yeah. you know? Um, but interesting, like, how the word, and I, I, I'm saying this, you know, knowing that I don't know, I'm not educated enough. But if... What I understand from what I just read is that to transcend, you really need the group of people to be cohesive about it. And what I think is tricky about the slants is because it ties to Asian America, and Asian America is just not cohesive. So how is it, how is it possible for us to take this term back and use it if not even everyone identifies with it, not even everyone identifies with Asian American. And so I feel like if it was to be reappropriate or reappropriated, it would be like the N-word where the, our community is divided if not, if we should mm. use it or not. I don't think it would ever, even if they trademarked it, you know, I don't think it would be something that others, you know, like it would be named like the slant Asian American organization. I don't think that would happen because I think there's too much debate over that word. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's such a very like intelligently put well thought out <laughs> well thought out thought. Thing. I don't know. Thing. <laughs> Expression. Your words very that. good. Your words very good, very well, nice. Well, I mean, I, like. it, I, I think about Asian American identity a lot because, you know, we think about just like in terms of music, I listen to music all the time. And, you know, a lot of artists, they talk about how do we get our own communities to support us? 
right? And it's, you know, and a lot of it is like, you know, do they even care about being Asian American? Do they identify? We do because we're involved with Asian American organizations. So it's easy for us to say it. But mm -hmm. when, you know, with your average Asian American individual, do they even claim that you know yeah. most of them will claim like their specific ethnicity but you know how much of them say oh we're asian american you know like for filipinos you know half like there's a good number that say asian there's a good number that say filipino there's a good number that say pacific islander you yeah. know and you know it, it's the identity is so complex that it makes the racial term the slats very hard to imagine being out there as an accepted term. You know, I know there was a petition that they put out that they got like maybe 2,000 something signatures saying, oh yeah, we're not offended by it, you know, but not being offended, I don't think that's enough to allow the term to be carried out there and for the courts to say, yeah, that's okay. It needs people to actually be proud of it. Like, right. are we willing as a community to say, I am proud to be a slant? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, hey, what's even, up, Slanny? You know, like, it's... I don't can even you think do it's that, that you know though. I think it's more, like, so the patent office rejected this claim because they said, you can't do this. This, is a, this will be offensive to people. We can't allow this to happen. Whereas they didn't give any thought to the intent of why they call themselves the slants, mm -hmm. right? They didn't call themselves the slants to, like, be offensive or to, like, be like shocking or whatever they call themselves the slants because they wanted that's part of their you know identity like that's their art right they're like it's like um calling yourselves the rebels or calling yourselves you know the you know the renegades or you know the kinks the kooks whatever mm. right so the way they're using the word isn't to offend right and i guess the issue here is just because the word could be offensive if used by someone else like that's a reason like that's the reason why they can't use their name to commercialize or to you know solidify that identity sure. right yeah. yeah and i know i've read arguments that are saying you know well any word can literally be offensive yeah. you know um so it, it's a i, I feel <laughs> I, i'm really interested how it's going to turn out because um I think it tells yeah. it, show, it tells a lot I, about the community. <laughs> I think it'll show a lot about the community, and you'll, you're seeing it. You know, when yeah. you have opposition, and then I um, think like the sad part is the moment like the moment they're allowed to be the slant, you're going to see all these other people take advantage of that and become like the Viet Cong, the you know the Gooks, the whatever, mm -hmm. and say, well, they're allowed to do it. Why can't we? You know, that's that's just me being more like pessimistic about the state of just people being dicks yeah right well i mean and yeah i mean i think that's it too we have to think of you know are people going to be responsible enough to to yeah. use that term um in a way that's positive and empowering yeah i i don't know man <laughs> there's this really good play called um n-word w-word c-word you know just you know you know african-american mexican chinese but they're offensive terms, um, which is like these three dudes who just the entire play is about race and like de-empowering those three words and like what effect those words have on their communities and how to overcome them. But the the reason that, like the mere fact that that was their name got them in a lot of trouble because they did college tours and people would pick it and then the picketers would go in and watch it and end up like, oh, I get it. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, that's kind of the funny thing with art, though, with with theater and with journalism and poetry and music and all that stuff, the 
it is to capture the essence of the culture, right? It is to tell, in the grand scheme of things, they write the history. They say, this is how it was. Then this is what mattered to us. This is what people got riled up about. This is what, you know, I, when you, and you don't really get to fully experience that, I think, until retrospect. But I think, you know, enough time has passed, and especially with the way things are shared right now, the responsiveness is much quicker. Maybe there are like tons of offensive named groups that we never knew existed back in like 70s, 80s, 90s. Who knows, right? They went around forever with these like horrible names or with these horrible songs and all this crazy messaging. But we never got to know because it's just not so easily shared and discovered now, right? Like just talking about everyone's out there trying to discover and unearth things. If I want offensive thing, it's going to be all over the Internet, go viral in like a day. So I'm just... I'm I'm just like baffled at the speed. Like sometimes it really overwhelms me and then people kind of have had that conversation of are we too sensitive now? What what really deserves our debating and attention and r- getting all riled up over because it happens to become a really popular topic. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just like I take 10 steps back from this conversation and just say yeah, you've never had quiet. this guy, huh? You've been very quiet. I'm just trying to absorb time. everything. It's I'm getting educated. I don't, I don't, yes. I don't think about it the way that Richie does, and it's with such depth and intelligence because I kind of just. It's the cowboy hat. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it has deep, profound, eloquent thoughts. I think what I hope for is discussion. You know what? What I feel is like uh, I would like the Asian American community to take more action to be cohesive. And to talk about stuff like this, like what is it, how do we, how do we want to identify ourselves? What are the terms that we don't want to deal with? You know, you know, it's like too many people telling us who we are. It's kind of been a history of that. And we, it's, I just feel like situations like these are like reminders or uh, not reminders, but just like it's a kick in the butt to talk about it more as a community. Um, Because if we all came together and said, nope. We don't like that term and <laughs> just said, no, you can't do it. Then this would stop, mm-hmm. right? It would just stop. But if we said, yeah, no, you know what? As a community, this is okay. Then it would, it would be just, we would, it would probably overturn the courts. Um, but I, I just think that as an Asian American community, it's, it's, it's still divided um, and it needs to come together more so that when it comes to stuff like this, we do have a voice that comes out quicker um, and and I don't know. Yeah, I think that cohesion is happening though. Like it, it, it really is. I mean, from the people that yeah. we know and like very respected friends and like even this conversation right now. I hope that is it is contributing to that greater conversation because mm-hmm. we're talking about stuff that I never thought I would really think about or talk about, and that's why I am friends with you guys so I can learn. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, you know, it's funny, you know, I'm helping run this really wonderful organization that is all about empowering Asian Americans. There's a ton that I don't know, you know, and never will know until someone else shares it with me. Yeah. That is, that is what it overwhelms me about our current generation. There's so much, there's so, there's too many shows. I don't have time to watch all these shows. I don't have the, the time to download all the apps to discover all the music. That's awesome that I love hearing, but I just didn't know existed because I'm too busy listening to my nineties R&B playlist. You know, I don't know. It's too much. That's why you go to tractivist.com. For Shameless. Exactly. Shameless plug. Shameless. <laughs> Hold Shame. on. I already tweeted Don't you. bring your podcast to my podcast. No, it's not a podcast. It's my website. It's <laughs> website. Shameless. Shameless. All right. <laughs> I have one more roundtable discussion here, but we're kind of running long. So we'll, we'll save that for next time. It's yeah. about Asian beauty standards and how your 
your family. You are the standard. Can be. He is the standard. Kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, ladies, sex. ladies, did you hear that? Yeah, Um, Kelly Canadian on um, Okay Cupid, come find me. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think we're we're we're, we're, we're let's let's Jeff. Let's, do you have any closing up. thoughts? Because he's been absorbing there too. He's been sponging like I have. Or is he sleeping? Yeah, it's almost midnight. His place over there. One of the craziest like debates I I can think about. Like the whole the slant thing is is nuts. Like just wow, you know. I don't even know where I stand on that. Really, I don't know either. I, mean, I used to do like, yeah, I used to do like you know I, I was in a, like an Asian American theater troupe in in college, and we used to like you know could, you know do do uh, um uh, what do you call it uh, pieces about you know Asian American. Uh, uh, issues and stuff like that, you know, Vincent Chin and and everything about racial slurs and everything. And I mean, I guess when we were doing it, we were all just about like you know, like the the words are are. I guess we I don't know. I guess we thought about them as bad, just, you know, bad. But you know, to have a group that is called something like that that's trying to reclaim the word, like you said, and then have an, another Asian you know group going against them, that's. I would have never thought that would happen ever. So not, yeah, it's just something I I can't wrap my mind around like fully yet, like on <laughs> what to, what to do about it. You know, like it's yeah. We can all, regroup on this. I need yeah. We need time to marinate on this. And that's one of the things I wanted yeah, to ask I, Jeff about because he actually has an improv background. He was into theater and all. So we talk a lot about that. But uh, we'll have to have him back then. Yeah. Um, Garbage. As always, if you have a email, question, (laughs) feedback, or just something you want us to talk about, uh, feel free to email us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always love to hear from you. And if you subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever, please leave us a five-star review or however however much stars you think we need. I think we deserve five stars. Um, It really helps our SEO and gets us up on on people's radars, get more people listening to our podcast uh, if you feel so inclined. Mm. Share us. Yeah. Jeff, where can people find your musics? Uh, you can check my musics. Oh, my musics uh, be online. At, uh, <laughs> uh, you can, you can look, uh, check laughing. out uh, KidStyles, K I D S T Y L E Z dot com. I have links to everything on there, my music. And then, you know, Facebook, same thing. Look me up at KidStyles. On yeah, pretty much all of them. Twitter, IG, it's all kid styles on all of them. Yeah. So wait, can I ask you one more question? Stuff. Are you DJ Jeff Chan or are you DJ Kid Styles or are that, you both? I, I am both actually. That's okay. uh, yeah. I actually have a blog post on my site about that because wow. I I do different styles of music with different names. You know, like uh, kids, yeah, Kid Styles is my main name uh, where I pretty much just you know, party rock and just do mainstream everything. Uh, Jeff Chan is when I do more like the electronic shows and I do more, more underground like electronic music and not as like mainstream stuff. So I just like to set expectations for like crowds that, you know, come out to see me, like they know what kind of music I'll be playing. So they don't come and expect me to bang out with a lot of mainstream stuff when I'm DJ under Jeff Chen, and you know, that's not, to, not to that's say that's he plays the deep cuts, DJ deep cuts, Jeff Chen. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like yeah. DJ Kid Style should play just all kids' pop versions of <laughs> popular dance songs. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I, would, dear. I would go to that party. <laughs> that sounds so wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> it'd just be, a, it'd just oh be hella God. kids and then Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
no, 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 no. <laughs> and Richie, DJ Tractivist, where can we find your Muzaks? Okay. Well, um, so I want to clear this you... up because I think me DJing around, I guess I'm being known as DJ Tractivist, but really, Tractivist is just... Tractivist. It's Tractivist. It's the website. It's the radio show. Um, and you can go to check it out. It's T-R-A-K-T-I-V-I-S-T dot com. So what is your DJ name? My DJ name? That's a good question. I, I just, Richie's fine. DJ Richie Rich? Is that I what you know. went by in the, what, back in the day? What was your DJ name? Back long in time? the day? Oh boy. Back in um, the day when I DJ, oh boy. DJ, oh boy. <laughs> um, back in the day, it was, it was that whole like Prince was in. So he was this sign. So you so were a I symbol? Was just, I was just a symbol. Okay. I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> My bad. Right? Because I'd be funny as a symbol. It's the dollar sign. And then parentheses is like the DJ formerly known as Rich, right? And I thought it'd be funny, right? Because you look on flyers. Flyers don't like to put long-ass lines, and you know, long-ass names. And so I was like, dude, that'd be so cool if I could just put a long-ass name on a flyer. And then I realized <laughs> they don't put long-ass names on a flyer. So they just put DJ Money Sign. And then I ended up being DJ Money Sign. And that's totally not me. But it ended up being me anyway, so I'm like, okay. But no, now when I when I do detractivist like stuff out there, it's just Richie. I just want people to know tractivist really. Tractivator. Tractivator. You are the tractivator. You've been tractivated. Yeah. Tractivator. Do 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 do. Yeah. Do you track activists? Do 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 do. Do you track activity? Minji Chang. What is your DJ name? Minjeezy, duh. So boring. Whatever, I don't care. I'm consistent and loyal. Ninja fur. Ninja fur. Oh my god. Oh my god. Are we going there? Are we gonna have a podcast with this voice? Am I rebranding myself? Oh my god, I forgot this hot DJ? track by <laughs> Oh yeah, I gotta give a shout out to Trisha because her DJ name is DJ R N because she's a nurse. Nice. There it is. Very nice. Saving lives through her music. Dropping uh, beats and saving lives. DJ RN. Air horn. And on that note, this has been the Clobcast. Thanks for listening. We'll collab with you later. We'll collab with you later. It's the Marvin and the Minji show. Marvin Minji in the morning. All right. Peace out. Bye, guys. Gotta, gotta get home I know this road's rocky And I'm going fall on my own But this is my road And I'm going follow my own I gotta get, get Gotta, gotta get home I'm used to Being used to Going through with the motions But every time I'm away Every day my thoughts Just drive me insane Cause I feel Your further world Beyond oceans Looking out into space To the place I know That's keeping my place Went through with the motions, but every time.